Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market okay round two name something that's not boring Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jonathan Pierce. Terry Alderton, <laughs> the football friendly. Thanks everyone for joining us on JPT, the football friendly. Mr. Terry Alderton, how are you and what you've been uh, up to? Been shrinking violets all week. A lot of work going on there. A lot of shrinking. A lot of shrinkage. No, uh, just go gigging, just doing bits and pieces, and getting emails right at the beginning of the uh, podcast that are binging. How well, about I'm, you, Jonathan Pierce? Well, I'm just getting over the fact that this morning I made a cup of green tea. I didn't realise it was green tea. Oh, no. And I put milk in it. And Is I'm that not possible, then? Oh, it's just disgusting. Well, I, I, I've never tried it. It might be something new. You might have fashioned uh, a brew that... No. You know. It's rubbish. <laughs> and I watched England against Australia, and that was rubbish as well. I don't work during the week, the international... Weeks I don't I don't cover international football anymore like like this until it's a tournament so I watch that and then I watch the cricket and that was rubbish. I and don't watch any of the international England stuff. Anyway, I'll be honest with you. I can't be bothered with. It. I watched the rugby instead, which was very thrilling. It's so another, did I. Oh, oh, it's oh another, what was that? Oh, oh, oh. Who was that? Who was that? <laughs> I was about to say it's another stellar start to JP and T the football friendly. We're talking bollocks as usual now and now and now our guest. Stella starts. That, that, I think that's a very professional link, Terry Alton. You explain. Stella, 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 enter Stella, Stella Graham. Stella Graham's on the show with us this week. Uh, wonderful comedian. Or can we, we have to say comic comedian now, don't we? You can't Just say actress, comedian. Yeah, yeah, why no, not? Otherwise, you sound like you're from the 1920s. I, w- I want to sound like I'm from the 1920s. I am. He is. <laughs> uh, Stella, Stella's a fine comedian um, and an all round fine Coventry City fan. And she joins us on the show today. Very kindly. Lovely to have you. Stella. Lovely, lovely to be here. But much like your good self, Terry, yes, I caught some of the egg chasing this weekend. Quite a lot of egg rugby. chasing. Rugby. It was good, wasn't it? It was exciting. It stuff. was thrilling. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've been, I've been a bit lack. I've watched the England games, but oh, it's hotting up. It's gone on for a long, long time because it's played every two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah, but it was more exciting because that was the quarterfinals, wasn't it? It was yeah. very exciting, and uh, and they played phenomenally well. And, they, and I don't know if anyone's ever seen Fijian men and women in their lives, 
But when I, oh, you, Stella's going to back me up on this because she spent a lot of time in New Zealand, which we'll go into. And they are the biggest humans in the world. I would get up in the morning when I was in New Zealand, go to get breakfast, and all the schoolgirls would be coming down. They're as big as me. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. they're huge. Have you ever seen these people, Jonathan, in the flesh? Yeah, I went to New Zealand with England back in 1991 and uh, loved it there. And Stella played there. You played in New Zealand, didn't you? Play football in New Zealand. I did, yes. I played at Western Springs. Terry, if you're not familiar, they've got a kit that's much like Celtics, sort of oh. green and white hoops. Yeah. There was a gig that I did out there in New Zealand. You'd go out and do this little sort of away from the comedy festival, which was at a football club. Do you remember that gig? Oh. It was actually a, a footy club. Not, uh, a, not a Aussie rulesy kind of a footy club. It was like I can't remember who ran it. Anyway, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So Stella, <laughs> you you spent you. I didn't know you played football in New Zealand. I had never known that with the Celtic colour kit. Oh yeah, yeah. So I played. I was uh, telling Jonathan earlier when I was a teenager. I played at Coventry City back in the days like we were talking early to mid nineties before the internet. When you had to, I had to phone Highfield Road in Coventry yeah. to find a women's team. That's what it was like back then. And then the receptionist like, have we, have we got a women's team? Is there one? Eventually found a club, turned up, as you do, had a couple of fun years with them. Then in my 20s, I went to Gloucester, played for a brief time in Gloucester. And then later, yeah, when I went to New Zealand, just got the itch and had to start playing again and ended up at, at Western Springs, but they'd probably call it Western Sprungs in Auckland. Yeah. No sight crap. I know. And it was fun because we had an away match at Waiheke Island, which I'm guessing you might have gone to, Terry. So you have to take a little ferry ride from Auckland. Beautiful wine and stuff over there. Thoroughly drenched in tropical rain. But that is a long day for an away match. Good fun, though. Yeah, that is a long day. Yeah. When we were there with... Um, we'll come back to the women's football in a minute. When we were there with um, England in 91, Graham Taylor's England, it was then. And we were in Auckland and then we went down to Wellington. Never went to the South Island, which I'd love to go to the South Island. So I'm a massive fan of um, of Lord of the Rings. And I just watched the whole sequence again this week. You see the... It's just unbelievable scenery, isn't it? Anyway, so we were in, we were in Auckland and... Um, and then we got a chance to go and see Les Miserables. The whole squad were offered tickets, and I've, you know, I love that as well. So I thought a chance to go to that. And the only, I think the only player who took up the opportunity to go was Stuart Pearce, who's massively into his music. But you didn't think Stuart, being the player he was, would, you know, like Les Miserables. He jumped at the chance. So how, that was a bit surreal sitting with Stuart watching Les Miserables in New Zealand. And then we got the players flew down to Wellington from Auckland, and we. We decided, three of us, Brian Butler from the BBC, Michael Hart from the Evening Stand and myself, decided to go by train, the Silver Fern train, because we thought we won't get a chance like this again and we'll see the scenery and um, and, and nothing ever happens on on uh, England training sessions. And we got the other boys on the trip. There were only about eight people on the trip, journalists and broadcasters and that. Will you uh, make sure you update us if anything happens on the trip? And they said, yeah, yeah, absolutely promise, yeah, cross our hearts, hope to die. And we went on this silver fern train, and we saw some, we saw sheep, and uh, and, 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 and and sheep, and then sheep. Oh and, yeah. Uh, and we went this, this curly whirly bit. The railway goes up a mountain. There's sheep there. It's ages and ages and ages. And we had a fair few to drink on the train. And when we got there, um, the office is phoning. Why haven't you reported? Why haven't you reported? Well, nothing's happened. Nothing ever happens in training. One of England players broke his arm, had to be sent home, and they never told us. The rotters had never told us. Oh, so I got I got a massive bollocking, but I did see sheep. <laughs> you, you're up on a sheep jolly. You haven't got time to be keeping yeah. up with broken limbs. 
<laughs> it is. It, I remember going out there at one day, Stella. I can't remember who took us out because it, it's a, it's it, it is always what people say. Oh, you, it's stunning scenery mm-hmm. in New Zealand, but it is something else. And I remember we got in two four by fours, uh, like these Nissan truck things that had been hypered up, and they would just climb up these rocks and these mountains. And I'm not kidding you, Jonathan. We'd get over the top. There'd be the the ocean. And then you go down and you sit amongst the sea lions and they go in the sea and they get some seafood out, shoot it, pull it off the rocks, cook it. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's a good is time. That all, is that, was that just because I was there as a, as, a, as a guest of the country uh, yeah. and they were showing <laughs> off? Or is that pretty much how it is there? Steve? I think you just got the VIP treatment there, Terry. I got the VIP <laughs> treatment, didn't I? I tell you, it I was bet, incredible. I bet you never got VIP treatment as a player then, whether it be Gloucester or or out there at Western Sprongs. And uh, I bet you never got the sort of VIP treatment. And now you're looking at players and the wonderful development of women's football, Stella. Are you envious a bit? Uh, you know, I'd love to think I was ever in the running and that I was ever good enough to be considered. But it's it's good now that we get to see so much of it on TV. And where I'm living now, I'm mm. just down the road from King's Meadow. So being able to nip down mm. and watch Chelsea, what a decent local team to have nearby. I'd love to say Coventry is still the local team, but I don't live there now. But no, it's fabulous. I think seeing it get the coverage it's getting now and just the huge fan base. And like anything, if you expose it, put it on TV, more and more people get to see it. You raise awareness. People know the players' names now. Of course, the game was going to explode and get bigger. So no, I'm loving it. It was a good turnout yesterday, wasn't it, the Arsenal? Pass. Jonathan? Jonathan, Stella? I don't know. I don't know what the numbers were. <laughs> Jonathan, do you know the numbers? It's... No, no idea. Well, they look full to me. They I should mean, be I play, did, they I should flick play... over and put the rugby on, but look, they, they, they you should, should know these more... stats, Jonathan. <laughs> they should play more games at, uh, well, when I was commentating uh, on women's football regularly. <laughs> oh, there Terry, we are. There's the point. Um, I would have known them, but... Uh... <laughs> I'll look for you, shall I? Beth Mead was back. I know that. I know. I knew. I knew what it was there. There was a. There was a moment there. He was thinking, "I don't commentate in that anymore." I, do, I mean, I'm doing. I'm doing uh, Arsenal in a couple of weeks' time, and um, sporadically I'll be doing WSL. But of course, my days of doing the Lionesses are finished. And uh, whether or not I do another international tournament, I'm not too sure on the women's game. Um, look, things happen. Life moves on, and that, that's it. But um, nearly thirty-six thousand, Terry. Nearly. Oh, when really I started, Stella. well, they, Stella, I think they should play. You know, they're playing more games at the at the parent clubs, the men's the men's grounds, if you like. Uh, they're playing more, and they should play more and more and more. They should fit it into the schedule. People say, "Well, the pitches can't take it." The pitches are now a weave. They're not. People go, "Oh, the grass pitches can't." Take it. They're not grass anymore. It's a mm-hmm. weave, grass yeah. and, and artificial. Mm-hmm. So they can take it, and um, and they should be playing. You know, they should fit the. Schedule in. One thing that bugs me still about women's football is that it's not continuous. And I know that Emma Hayes wants a bigger WSL, mm-hmm. and I think that's essential. Definitely. I think they should they should have twenty clubs in the WSL, and therefore, they're, yes, they're playing more games, and they're compl- they're complaining now about the number of games they've got. But there will be regular Definitely. football. The WSL will be every week. Correct. But can I throw something in the pot here? It's always it seems to be these big clubs, these ladies' football teams are all the big clubs now. Now back. Back beyond, it was Blue Bells and Doncaster Blue Bells and Donny Bells, like that and yeah, Doncaster, Doncaster Bells. Bells, correct, right? <laughs> so now, now, which is fine, but it's all the big clubs with the big teams. It's not littler clubs with women's team. Why are we not seeing Plymouth ladies breaking through, for example? Because it's unsustainable, Terry. It's unsustainable. They don't get enough gate. They don't get people through the gate, so they they can't sustain top level football at 
with, with those men's clubs of that level, they wouldn't get the they wouldn't get the people through the gates. You know, there's still at the, the, not WSL two, but the next level down, their wages, and this is what the senior players, this is what the lionesses are trying to campaign for that there should be better pay for women's footballers all the way down through because some of those women in level three are earning if they're earning at all they're earning a pittance maybe expenses it's like it's like county league footballers in the men's game you know so all that needs being upped all that needs being upped until you've got a proper i say 18 20 team wsl 18 20 team wsl2 and the and the lower levels are, are improved as well it's getting there but i don't know whether still agrees with me on it i just think at the moment it's trying to leap before it's it's been walking the women's football for years and years and years. And when I first started commentating on it, you know, England was struggling to get 10, 15,000 yeah. grounds like Shrewsbury and Walsall. So it's, it's been, it's been walking quicker and quicker and quicker, but now they want to leap before mm. they can run. Yeah. And I just think it needs to progress. Sensibly. Yeah. I think um, season by season, they could just expand, chuck another couple of teams into the league. I don't think it would make sense to leap straight from 12 teams to 20, but 14, 16, let's edge it up there, give the other teams below a chance. Because if you were to go and dump eight teams in to the WSL, they'd get trounced. They'd just get absolutely flattened by the bigger clubs. And it, yeah. it would make the game a bit of a joke, but I think they could just gradually expand. And as more and more people get interested, of course they had massive success winning the Euros and then the World Cup and all of all of that. The, the generation that's growing up now, those kids, I mean, I played, there were kids who were amazing at 14, 14, 15, 16, because they're grown, they're developed, they, they physically build, get taller that bit earlier than boys and the physicality mm. in the game, they, they can do that. So by the time, give these players now who were 14 now, in four years time, they're going to be 18, they'll be able to play at that top level. And um, I think it will it will make the league more exciting to watch. It will expand the current fixture list. There'll be more places where people can go and watch the local games, other than just the sort of 12 standard clubs that we've got now. And through time, by knowing there is a bigger division we can go to, the lower leagues will push up and it will grow. Yeah, at the moment, you're, you're right at the moment. Bristol City have come into the WSL again mm-hmm. this season and they're bottom and they're getting trounced every week. Um, and, you know, but, but they, they can't compete with the wages that the top clubs no. are paying their players. There's still a massive disparity between top players and the low, and the lesser players at those top clubs. So it will all it will even out, but it's going to take some time. Um, you know, they want a regular TV slot. That's... That's going to be difficult at the moment because the big TV slots are taken by the men's game. And, you know, while men's games are attracting 60,000, 65,000 and the women's games are attracting, if they don't play at the Premier mm-hmm. League grounds, five, six, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. Kings Meadow, home of, the, home of the champions, six and a half, yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to it's not going to come. It's not going to come tomorrow. It's going to take a while to come. But um, it's moving in. It's you, moving you, in the you, right you always campaign for it to be played in the big stadiums, though, don't you? Do you think yeah. that's a, a, a must like you know, the women's play at Dagenham. I think West Ham women's play at Dagenham, don't yeah. they? Yeah, and and, and don't do, don't do what Tottenham Reds. don't Tottenham last season, Terry. I was there for a men's game, and they followed it up with a women's game. I think I think it was Tottenham Brentford the men's game, and they followed it up with a women's game, and they thought this would be a good idea. And by the time I finished the interviews, my the interviews that I did after the game, and the women's game was about ten minutes from kicking off. Stadium was empty. Really? You know, pe- people hadn't waited for it. So if they'd done it the other way round, yeah, yeah. But then, of course, the men are going, oh, we don't want the pitch messed up. We don't want this. We don't want that. We don't want this. But look, you're either going to do it or don't do it. I think the other good thing with it as well, with the women's game, is that it's a more affordable family option for a lot of people. I mean, football tickets cost a lot these days. And I'm loving seeing more and more 
girls and boys coming along for a sort of family day out. It's like that sort of middle step. And yeah. where, like you say, a King's Meadow might only get five, six thousand, then you've got the bigger stadiums. There's obviously other stadiums in between where they might do guest sessions at somewhere in between, which isn't quite one of the big 50, 60,000 seaters, but somewhere where you could get 20,000 in like they do with the internationals. Yeah. Well, like we were saying yesterday with Arsenal, 36,000. Pretty good. And the, the knock the knock on, um, the knock-on effect outside of the professional game is is astounding. You 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 know walk through a park now, and whereas you only saw boys kicking mm-hmm. a football around, now you see a lot of girls mm. kicking a football around, you know, in the streets. And uh, I was out in Spain recently. I know they've just you know they, they've they've won the World Cup and everything, with all the stuff mm. that happened afterwards, which took, shamefully took the gloss off it a little bit. But anyway. You know, you never saw girls playing football in the streets out there, and they, they were all over the place kicking a football around, which is, you know, on mm-hmm. the beach and everything. Brilliant. It's brilliant to see. And why not? Why not? It's brilliant. And let's just go back, if we can, Mr. Terence, to oh, Co- Coventry City. <laughs> yes. Because um, Stella's a fan of Coventry City, who play the mighty future European champions specifically <laughs> weekend. And um, mm. let me tell you, let me tell you a little story. Back in when Bristol City were in the top flight, their first season, what, this is mid seventies. First season, it's a bit. This is nineteen seventies, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, anyway, come to the end of the season, and Coventry and Bristol City and Sunderland could go down. And Sunderland were at Everton, and uh, I travelled on the first team bus up to Coventry. Um, we're filming the game with my dad for the analyst, uh, analytical purposes, which we talked before about on the podcast. And um, the Bristol City game at Jimmy Hill, uh, the chairman of Coventry City, and Alan Dix, who was at Coventry City, now manager at Bristol City at the time, were mates. But there was, and, and Sunderland have always cried foul about this because the Coventry Bristol City game kicked off 15 minutes after mm-hmm. the Sunderland game. Because there was, there's no fix. It was because oh. there was car problems street traffic problems anyway the police said it had to kick off late it wasn't Jimmy or Bristol City said it had to kick off late but in the last 15 minutes and Bristol City were trailing in the game and heading down after one season they came back to draw 2-2 and then the and then they heard that Sunderland had lost so Coventry and Bristol City were safe and hardly anyone touched the ball for the last I remember minutes. hearing this yeah. To watch. yeah yeah but it was uh it was um I used to love going to Highfield Road, you know. And, uh, that, yeah, that's one of my stories about Coventry. There's a couple more I might throw in later on in the podcast. What's your favourite memory well, of Coventry? You didn't support them yeah, in the I, did Yes, that's right. Hey. And I also worked there. So um, I worked – I had Ooh. two different jobs at City. The first few, few years I worked as like a pie girl. So I just sort of worked behind the bar. Shouldn't <laughs> really have been, but I was serving beer when I was about 14, 15 because I lied about my age <laughs> to get the job. I was drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. I ended up getting a job as a match day hostess where really all you had to do was sort of escort the guests into the executive area so they could have the sort of pre-match drinks and nibbles and whatever, take them up to the executive box. I got to sit and watch the game, which was amazing. Half time, lead them back down, take them back up for the second half and then back into the executive area for the after dinner speeches and John Sillett was always uh, a popular that I loved him I absolutely loved John, John oh what a, what a command of a room he had I mean this was way before I ever did stand up but the way he held a room's attention just a thoroughly charming guy really really funny I'd watch him tell the same stories week in week out and he was just hilarious but I think it was always special in the 90s when Man United came to town 
and I'd have to take some of the kids that were in the executive area to try and get an autograph and Cantona would come through and he just signed it was basically a squiggle it was like a C because he had so many to do and he obviously had to get to the dressing room and stuff Mm. Um, but there's a memory that pops out in my head of seeing uh, well he wasn't Sir Alex Ferguson at the time he was Alex Ferguson and it was during the halftime I was standing by there were some stairs leading up this way and I'm just waiting to see if any more guests have got lost and I look up and there's Alex Ferguson coming down the stairs in his black and red ombro jacket. Now, I was crazy about football at the time. I was playing. I just loved it. And I saw him. And you know how you think, play it cool, right? I've just seen. And I was just like, <laughs> in your head, you think you just kind of go, oh, there's Alex. But I probably went, you know. <laughs> uh, it's a great double take for everyone. Just like just eyes on what's going on. And um, as he came trotting down the stairs, he had his like hands in his pockets in his black and red ombro jacket and I was just buzzing with excitement and then just as he got like this close to me he just went yet eight and I just exploded with excitement <laughs> I was like oh my god I can't believe Alex Ferguson just said hello to me so <laughs> there's some hope. He's, he's a lot yeah. smaller than you realize yeah. isn't he when yeah. you bump into him I always thought he was gonna be quite tall he wasn't he was mm-hmm. a lot smaller than I thought in fact yeah. smaller than me yeah yes yeah, hard to tell on camera isn't it but no he <laughs> he's not a giant it is sorry just completely going off piece here, because I've never asked you this, uh, Jonathan. What's Jimmy Hill like? What was he like? Was he a night? I never met Jimmy Hill. I love Jimmy Hill. Well, there and it connect- would give me so much stick, and I actually really like Jimmy Hill. There were connections with Bristol City, a lot of connections with Coventry. Alan Dix, I said, had been at Coventry, and then, and then uh, Jimmy put him up, suggested he should be Bristol City manager. John Sillick was his first team coach, um, and then went to Coventry. There was a, a bit of bust up because Coventry then came and took our uh, one of our best players, Gary Colley, who was first Freedom of Contract player, uh, and that went down very badly. Um, but there's a lot of connections between the two. Jimmy Hill, um, when he was chairman at Fulham uh, and I was working at Capital Gold, led me up the garden path on a story once, um, which I wasn't too happy about. But um, Um, what he did for football, um, you know, with the the, uh, uh, abolition of the minimum wage... Um, his his legacy for, to footballers should never be forgotten um, because they were virtually playing in slavery. You know, that, it, they were they were owned lock, stock, and barrel by the chairman of the football club uh, on a on a pathetic wage, um, and then you know, so he he freed them from that. So he should mm. never be forgotten for so that. I mean, as a television yeah. presenter as well, I thought you know he he led the way. He 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 innovated. He, he was very, very important for television. So that's so that's basically you've skirted around that you thought he was a bit of a wanker. No, I know I, not yet. He, he he was very. I was always friendly with him. I'd known him. He used to come down and stay with Alan Dix, who, who and the family, and they lived just across the road from us. Um, that's really how all this happened for me because my dad got friendly with him, and then my dad worked for him, and then I worked with my dad, and 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 you know and. And it all started with that. I mean, when I when I got the letter from Bristol City, they weren't going to take me on. <laughs> dog barking in the background. Always. Um, Adam wrote me a letter, right, saying, you know, well, it was a standard letter, I think I think it was a stamped signature on the bottom, saying I wasn't going to be taken on. He never spoke to me about it. He's still alive, Alan. And, uh, you know, I, I did a, one of the forwards for his book. He's never spoken to me about that. He's never, ever spoken. To, I've known him since I was seven, Terry. 86, uh, no, not 86 years. He's, he's, he's about 90 years now. And um, he's never, ever spoken to me. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's, what, that's peculiar. If he just said to me, look, you were crap. <laughs> that's why we never took you on. But he never spoke to me. Anyway, no. 
Jimmy Hill, no, he was a, he was a fine man. Fine man. Did you ever meet anyone who was a, a, when you were working at Coventry who, who you didn't like? Uh, I don't. No, none of the players, anyway. One of the bar staff was a bit no, twisty, I mean, but... Yeah, no, but I'm I, I'm sort of more more along the lines of uh, someone coming in like uh, a, a presenter or something. You thought, oh look, there's there's the lovely. Richard Keys, no, and because uh, I've worked with the lovely Richard Keys, what a gen- beautiful man Richard Keys is! Absolutely one of my favourite human beings that I've ever met in my life. Absolutely one of. The- if you ever get a chance to meet Richard Keys, please, because he's such a lovely human. Yeah, being. I think. Um... That's the end of the sarcasm, so. by the way. I thought so. <laughs> oh, I'm Mike now. Should we? Uh, should we take? Should we, let's take a break, and we'll come back to that that question, Stella. I'm going to go right, and okay. shut those dogs up. The football friendly. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to JPNT, the football friendly, and the RSPCA are on to us, Terry. <laughs> I've got them in the room with me now. Bad to see dogs home on the phone. <laughs> Who's your favourite Coventry player? Who was your uh, probably Dion Dublin, I think, because he was such a consistent goal scorer for us. He could score oh, like 18 yeah. goals a season with his head. Um, he was really good. I've got a very fond memory of old Mickey Quinn uh, doing single-handedly, I want to say, doing the double over Arsenal, which was sweet for me because one of my good friends at school was an Arsenal fan. And I think it was the opening day of the season he got a hat-trick. And then in the reverse yeah, leg, was. we won one nil. Because yeah. I think they were saying, the papers were saying, <laughs> Mickey Quinn's going to be worth his weight in gold. Which, you know, because back in the 90s, you oh could fat shame. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's only so much gold can be on the planet at one, at one time, apparently. <laughs> I'll tell you he was a good player for, for Cobb, was uh, Jody Jones. He went there from Dagenham. He's not there now. He moved on. I don't know why they let him go. Young, he's still a young player, Jody Jones, but... He's a cracker. Did you Jody, see him play? I'll be honest. Jody. If it was in a time, because I'll be honest, and this is bad, as a Glory fan. Oh, you might uh, have been most of the time. I, I could have been in New Zealand at that time, Zealand but I'd say the more Coventry got relegated, the harder they became to love. Um, because when you're used to being at the ground and having all the big clubs turn up and then suddenly, you know, the, the more we got relegated. Yes. I, I'd say my interest 
waned a little bit, certainly in the heyday of the of the Premier League. Peter Unlove, Roy Wegley, some stars of the past. Oh, Roy Wegley. Yeah, what Robbie Keane. name to bring yeah. out. And Oggy. God, I mean... Robbie Kalitz. Steve Grizzovic. Oh, Steve Grizzovic. Oh, yeah, of course. Big yeah. Brian Kilk, Big he Brian Kilk Brown- He would have played in the brown shirt, wouldn't he? <laughs> that in that glorious wrong, football kit we had that was uh, chocolate you- brown. When they brought that, and I remember getting oh, wow. the Sabutio. In the brown. I got the Sabutio brown <laughs> kit, and I'd still have it if someone had stolen it from me. Yeah, the brown. I, I, st- I, st- I, yeah. I still play Sabutio now. I have, no, friend- I have no friends, Stella. <laughs> Terry Alderson's my only friend in life, and Paul Daniels, I love... I love, love Sabutio. It's brilliant. Kids, kids, kids I, who play I PlayStation won't have a clue what we're Sabutio because it would be the only time talking. I'd see any of my teenage boy mates pick up an iron. Because um, you have to sort of <laughs> iron the felt, get the creases out of it because you can't quite flick the ball. It's got to be flat, hasn't it? And they fold yeah. it up, put it away. The later one, though, was was proper plastic, though. But yeah, yeah. I've got I've got an original felt one. <laughs> and I do remember, You Stella, need the steam. You need the steam. Get the iron on it. I played... Uh, <laughs> I used to I used to play play by myself, you know. And, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, and uh, Bristol City used to win the league. <laughs> Bristol City used to win the league. I played the whole 1970 World Cup, including qualifying on your everything. own. Every, I mean, every game, right? And I and I, I wrote them all down. I've still got the thing. I've still got the thing where I wrote it all down, right? The goal scorers, the goals top goal scorers table, and all this sort of stuff. I knew all the teams. I got all the t- no no. Um, Internet in those days, so finding out the details of the teams was impossible. So this was this was when I was ten years of age, and then England beat Scotland seven six in the final. And Eddie Gray, who was one of my heroes, scored a double hat trick for Scotland. But there you are. Uh, how, how did you? How, you played that on your own, and you made all that happen. Yeah. Wow. I played, I played instead of wow. forty five minutes for each half was fifteen minutes and a five minute period equated to fifteen minutes of <laughs> fantasy time. So it was all there, and I've still got all the details. Yeah, because oh, did you run from goal to goal? Sort of make I, uh, the game of to... it. Or... No, no, I moved. I moved around That's the pitch. I had, on, point, I had it on. I had it on. I, I had a double bed when I was little, right? And um, and uh, well, my sort of. Um, sort of a st- she sort of adopted sister. She had a double bed, and I moved into a room. And and the wooden board was on top of the bed, and the pitch was on it. I had to move off every night. So yeah, I used to go around the bed. And uh, but the oh. trouble is, when you leant on the pitch, the bed sagged, yeah. and then the ball would go. The that ball would way. move, but you oh, you the, pinned it, it to a bit of chipboard as well, hadn't you? You got yeah, proper. No, I hadn't pinned it because uh, no, but so I had to do what Stella did. I had to iron the pitch. Oh, proper yeah, old, we, proper old school. See, me and my mate James used to put it down on the carpet, and we'd have it all out on the carpet. So we'll be on our knees playing it. Does that make nah. sense? No, nah. you had to have a wooden board underneath. It. Old school, old school, old school. Old school. And I, I, well, that's something I know about you now. That's obviously why you do your commentary. Mm-hmm. I, your, that's uh, how I learned. I used oh, to, yeah, I, I, I bet on your own. I did yeah, the I used crowd to cheering and everything. And then eventually, <sighs> I got. They used to. <laughs> So I started in the bedroom, and then and then as I got louder and louder and louder, my dad made me put it up in the attic. So I had the superior table up in the attic, and I was forced to spend hours up in the attic, which explains this explains <laughs> such a lot. Anyway, what do you want the, for your birthday to be let out of the attic? Yeah, you know, we used to save up my money <laughs> and uh, yeah. all the money I, I earned working for Bristol City and stuff like that. And I'll, I could see Sabutia having a sort of reserve. Anyway, you know how that, like Dungeons and Dragons became cool again. I think it's still, I think it's sure. still, I think it's still around. I think people will be going. Actually, oh, I'm go. still playing in a club. Listening, I think it's still about. Yeah, what's, what's Coventry have done brilliantly in um, 
in the, in the last couple of seasons. They're resurgent. They're resurgent now, which is good to see because they were like Stella. They were, you know, they were just a fixture as a as a top flight team. They were always it there. Was, yeah, so I think yeah. thirty four years, wasn't it? And then they went down. And what a terrible state they went into. That's a little bit like Bristol City did, where they nearly went out of business and. Uh, you know what's that I, I about think the ground? Leaving Highfield well, Road, yeah. I think, was a big mistake. I think when they sold it and were having to rent it, it was the beginning of the mm. end. You know, just the, once the financials start to get away, and you're always trying to buy players to stay in a division, but we just never had the funding to compete. And then moving to the Rico, which, as I remember it, Highfield Road, we barely filled it. So then to move to a bigger stadium, an even bigger one, which was a bit of a farce, and then. Uh, yeah, having to <laughs> rent the ground from wasps. It's just it's just been a nightmare end to end, I think, of just not having the right investment and not having a solid foundation from which to build a team. So sad as it is, you were saying earlier, Jonathan, about in the women's league, the lower teams that haven't got the money to compete. I, I think Coventry have largely always been like that. A lot of the excitement for me in the season when they were in the premiership was will they survive this year? It was always a relegation battle, but that's kind of what made it fun because mm. I guess we knew we were never never challenging for the title. But you, you know, all those all those people you mentioned, yeah. like Dion Dublin and and, mm-hmm. and um, Gordon Strachan, of course, who played and managed, they, they all say the same thing about what a great time they had at Coventry City Football yeah. Club. Um, yeah. Bobby Gould, another Bristol City connection. Oh, yeah. Bobby Gould. Um, he, he, he looks back so fondly on his Coventry days and talks so fondly about it. And there's just something about that football club, I think, that, 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 mm-hmm. um, that you know, they, they loved it. They loved their time. And Dion talks about it, you know, oh, they loved great affection. Dion. Yeah, and, oh, they, um, I, they would yeah. chant his name all the time. They just absolutely loved that. I guess it's it's true of many clubs, right? The fans will love you unconditionally and support you. And it is that kind of place. I think that the, the crowd really get behind the team. They sing with their hearts. They're really into it. So, yeah, a lot of love at that club. Yeah, Mark Robbins, Mark Robbins has done brilliantly as manager okay. there, you know, steering them back up through. I mean, we ran close so to the playoffs. Know. You never know. That was an exciting match. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was. Be, I think the top two are away in, in the championship now. I think the top two will take some stopping unless they cock it up badly. But um, the, the playoffs chase is going to be really interesting. The, 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 that division is impossible to get out of. You know, it's so difficult to get out of. So Bristol City have now been there for donkey's years. Donkey, one donkey's one years, memory so. I have of um, my time go. working at the club was the different fans that would come to visit. So away fans. Who we liked, who we didn't, who we dreaded. Because Coventry, sadly, Leeds Coventry, they'd always be a scrap. They'd always be, <laughs> they'd always be a fight. Man United fans, they weren't the best either. One of them peed in the corner of the bar and another stole a load of hamburgers. But my absolute favourite fans were Blackburn. Blackburn Rovers fans were just <laughs> adorable. <laughs> like Older chaps who'd come to the bar and be like, hello, can I get a meat and potato pie? They were just absolute sweethearts. So it's all the other things around <laughs> football, not just what happened on the pitch, but the sort of interactions with the people that you would meet that I enjoyed. I, I totally agree with that. And then you were saying about that going there and that whole that whole, that whole whole family thing, it sounded like, that Coventry uh, would bring. And, and I know what you mean, like being a lower league fan as well, that... It's more than just the game, isn't it? It's absolutely most people Premier League they get there early. Oh, sorry, get there on the on the whistle, or, and a lot of people leave. Whereas you stay, don't you? You just stay till I the end. I just used to love sitting and... in. Uh, so the West Terrace was the stand that I enjoyed the most because it had the best atmosphere. The songs would get started there. They were loud. It was hilarious. They were <laughs> they were rude. They were like abusive. But back then it was funny. Um, and to go from that to somewhere like New Zealand and go and watch a rugby match, I just. 
see fans watching the game in silence and I'd be like, where's the, where's the songs? Like no, nobody yeah. sings anything. Coventry fans will sing quite a lot about Aston Villa or they certainly did back in the days when I used to go to the matches and it was always funny. It was good natured and it was just thousands of people roaring and singing and just a really fun time. Family stand was at the other end, the East stand. So it was always good to be in the West Terrace for like the, the, the naughty kids at the back of the class. I suppose when Dion went then, oh. it was like Judas that then, wasn't it? When he, he left, because he yeah. went to Villa, didn't he? And, there, Jonathan? Uh, yeah, Coventry fans weren't too kind about that, especially when uh, when he broke his neck, because um, they would sing songs about it. Like I said, they love you when you're with us, but if you of all the clubs to go to, sadly, they were never going to take that too well. But I think deep down, they still they still loved him and everything he did no, for the club. No. And now he's on Homes Under the Hammer, so there you go. <laughs> he, um, yeah, he. Um, when we were doing the Olympics back in 2012, uh, I think it was, um, Dion and myself, and um, some, I think they were Comedy City fans, stopped us and asked for autographs, and they, they sent him a photograph the other day, um, and, and Dion sent it on to me, and because uh, he bumped into them or something like that, and they were still they were still so yeah. happy with the fact they'd met Dion Dublin, mm. you know, and um, although, you know, so that's what, 11 years later now. Um, he's lovely, Dion. Uh, I, 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 lo- I just love the man, and um, he's a great, um, he, he, he's a great okay. partner in what we call scooping, Stella. Scooping? <laughs> Just drinking, basically. He, call, he doesn't call them pints, he calls them scoops. Oh, having a scoop, we, yeah, yeah. Are we going out for a scoop, lad? That's quite an Irish uh, thing, that is. Is it? And uh, when when uh, Bristol City drew that game at Coventry, by the way, on the same subject of alcohol, which very, very, <laughs> I very rarely veer away from, and um, we went back, first team coach, to say, I, was, I would have been about 17 at the time, and we stopped... Mm-hmm. Um, in Stratford upon Avon, and all the fans, all the fans were told where we were stopping, and they'd arranged. I think it's called the Arden Hotel. For years and years and years, I thought it was called a pub called the Red Lion, which is at Stratford, but it wasn't. It's, that's not on the river, and the Arden Hotel is. It's on the same bit that the RSC is on, and we all piled in there, and they stayed open, and mm-hmm. all these fans. Oh my god, what a party! And it was just because they stayed up, mm. and then they stayed in the top flight for another three years, I think it was, and then and then went down to ninety second in the football league. Would that have been it, about ninety you know, seven? The perils of football. Well, that's but, the thing. I think people. No, it was earlier. They went. They. Um, I started working on radio, or doing what I'm doing now uh, for Radio Bristol when uh, okay. they were still in the first division, and then. By the time I was in my third year working oh, yeah. Radio Bristol, they were 92nd okay. in the Football okay. League, and that was about Gosh. 95. See, no one, no one is uh, fallible. Is that the word? Yeah, that's a good yeah. word. Uh, you know, I like, you look at Huddersfield, you know, they just dropped down a season ago, didn't they? And where are they now? They are well, 19th in the Championship now. My, my granddad, uh, Long Tom, uh, who used to be manager at Wickham, just after the First World War. And uh, I loved him to bit, but he was a bit of an alky. And he used to sit me on his knee down at a pub in Wadebridge in Cornwall, where I come from, called the Earl of St Vincent. And he used to tell me stories about Huddersfield Town in the 30s mm. and the mighty Huddersfield. Um, 
you know, and, and these clubs have their mighty periods. Wolves had a mighty period. He would tell me all these stories. That's how I really Blackpool. fell in love with football, you know. That's how and I, so like, many teams, yeah. Yeah, and have Southend ever been a great team, Terry? <laughs> no, they no, haven't, no, so only no. to me. Oh. I see where you... you I was oh. coming up on a whole thing there, and you knew what I was doing. I was going to go on to Watford, the 20th in the championship, <laughs> that people can just fall down the tables. But no, you had to bring it back <laughs> to, were Southend ever a great team? Have so. a look down through the league tables and see how many I've played in the Premier League. Oh. Yeah, St- Stellas Coventry were in the Premier League. They were in the Premier League first year was in. Yeah, they were, but, but you can go right down. I mean, you can... Uh, well, Ipswich look like they might get back in again at the moment, don't you they? Go lower than that. You know, look, look, no, look no, we're older, Mark. Look, we're older, Mark. Older Oldham in league the team. same league as South End now, yes. I mean, it, you can go on and on. I mean, York City were actually in the in the uh, the National League I North. Remember Oldham and York City have been top flight. No, I don't think they've been Premier League, but yeah, just you just can dro- everyone can drop down. Anyway, we all know that. I don't know why I'm telling you that. I thought Norwich would be in a better place than they are. Leeds, on the other hand, have completely uh, ruined my uh, philosophy. They're their fifth, so. Would, would- can you do gig, do they do gigs at the Coventry City football? Would you do a, would you do a gig there, Stella? Would you go back up to the there new stadium? And, it's yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely, and, um, I love doing do gigs in Cobb. It's always a good yeah. time. Plenty of references to draw on from happy days back then. I yeah. also worked at a couple of other grounds. Um, I worked at Villa Park, Birmingham City. I did a one-off at Wolves and um, West Brom as well. I was just doing the uh, West Midlands Football Club circuit, Terry. That just seems to be where I was slinging pies and hot dogs wherever they'd have me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are they good places to do gigs? Terry and I, we were at Colchester, weren't we? Not so long ago. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. Look, I bet you we, went down there. Well, well, well there, well, Terry. It was a comedy night there that they put on. We did it. I, I in fact, I, I got pulled in last second to host it, which Terry is not really great. my bag. But Stella did very well, of course. But that wasn't really. A f- that wasn't a very much, really, was it a football do? It was a football, a comedy club in a football gig. I don't per- personally and won't do football nights. I won't do them. I don't like doing them, and I won't do them. Why? Just, I'm not, I just, that's not my not my thing. I don't really want to go into it. It's just because it's going to sound like I'm being wicked about football fans. And stuff, but I don't want to play them in, in, in that realm, if that makes sense. They've all come as fans and say, I don't know. Oh, I don't know, uh, York City, again, I brought up there. But, you know, they're all come as fans. To the club I think it's and, good to separate the two, especially if they're, it you know. It's not really my thing. Yeah, it's not really my thing. I mean, th- th- those sporting dinners are usually mm-hmm. really good yeah. to watch. You're impressionists, aren't they? Mm. Mm. Sporting dinners, they seem the, to get away with it. The Football of the Year do used to have a comedian every year. We and know they, a great story they, about they, that. They've dropped, they've dropped it now. Yeah, they dropped we, it years we, you know ago. Well, it's, a, it's an impossible gig, and, and I Reg, think it Reg. was our, our wonderful friend, um, um, Reg, that killed it all, wasn't it, Reg Hunter? Yeah. Because uh, he has a thing to say uh, certain words of being of, of being colour, but and also really pushing out that N-word, <laughs> oh. and uh, they were not happy about it. Were you at that gig, Jonathan, when, when yeah. it was ending? Yeah, yeah. He's completely the wrong comedian for that kind of thing because it would have been seen completely in the light of that he was just saying the N-word, and he, he, that's not what he's doing. It is funny, Stella. When you go to the Football nice. of the Year award, Terry Terry comes to me every year now, and, and uh-huh. there's a, in the program now. There's a list of all the winners going back to Sir Stanley Matthews. He was the first. Yeah. And people who haven't been, they look through the list and they go, "Wow, look, this award's been going on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever." And which was the first one you went to, JP? And I and I point to sort of a 
about a third of the way down after Sir Stanley Matthews, and then the list goes on and on and on. I've been going for donkey's ears, and and uh, <laughs> is, it, go, is, wow, it, is it a good night out? Really comedy aside, is it and, fun? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that, that mm-hmm. it's, it's good to go. Yeah, it's good to go as a, as a punter. It's great. Yeah, it's it's really good. And well, we always have a nice time, and you see a lot of people when you. And I remember I I bumped into Don Goodman. And I was so excited. I was going, it's Don Goodman, it's Don Goodman. I don't usually get like that about anyone, but I love Don Goodman because he's a, he was a good, a good footballer, if it makes sense. He was a good old strong footballer. And I went up to him and you panic a bit, don't you? When you're <laughs> going to go up to someone and think, oh, don't be an arsehole. And he was absolutely That's gorgeous. That's good. That's counter to the whole never meet your heroes. Love Don Goodman. So love him. Well, yeah, I was well chuffed to meet Don Goodman. Oh. I loved him as a footballer and I, I love him as a man even more now. I was with a reporter uh, once, Stella, with me Andrew on here, and we were uh, we went. He was, I love where we, this story's we going already. <laughs> and uh, oh, oh, oh. having a win. No, no, anyway, yeah, and he's he's absolutely lost. hammering Neil Webb, Manchester United, Nottingham Forest, Neil Webb. He's hammering him, saying, "Neil Webb, what a waste of time! No. He's fat, lazy, getting all this. No. Oh, Neil Webb, this, Neil Webb, this, oh, you know." Absolutely. So Toilet I just leaned back and went, I just oh, leaned back and went, oh, this Neil Webb, who stood right next to me on the other side. That's what you get. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's oh, exactly I, I it. did that. I did that with, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Bloody lovely Newcastle player. Oh, yeah. We used to be there when Shearer was there, Robert, Robert Lee. And we a went lovely to, man. We, he's a very, very lovely man. We went to kick out racism at the, uh, at the Houses of Parliament and, uh, Oh, I turned up with Stephen Amos and uh, a few others. And uh, Mr. Brown was the Prime Minister at the time. <laughs> and he was going on and on about, oh, 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 oh this and that. And I'm going to, I'm going to Rob Lee. I'm going, yeah, 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 taking the piss. And Rob Lee's sort of standing there, sort of just looking at me. And I'm going, look at him with his red light. And all this coming out. Was, yeah, I was being outrageous. I was being outrageous still, outrageous. Because I thought it would make Rob laugh. Turns out the reason Rob wasn't laughing is because he's... Oh, um, there you Mr. go. Brown's wife was standing right next to me. <laughs> oh, no. <coughs> and then oh. she walked off and Rob Lee just turned and looked at me and went, what are you doing? And I went, I didn't realise she was there. And he went, you idiot. You idiot. Uh, we're coming I was towards very the cutting. End. We're coming towards the end. Biggest faux pas then. Biggest oh. faux pas. Stella oh. Graham, biggest faux pas that you have oh. made in a gig that you can remember. Oh, I don't gig. want to tell this one. Um... There, there was um okay. Oh, you go now. No so one's, no one's, no one's listening. Don't worry about it. Sort of famous celebrity <laughs> figure, certainly there was at the time, called the Mad Butcher. If you ever heard the radio over there, Terry, it's the Mad Butcher, and I've got all sorts. I've got steaks, you name it. I've got it. Blah, blah, blah. And okay. um, I'm just there at a gig, and I'm chatting to a guy in the crowd, and I happen to know at the time that the Mad Butcher, lovely guy as he is, had had become a bit ill recently. Let's say there's a guy in the crowd. And, uh, oh, what do you do? You know, oh, I work for the Mad Butcher. I was like, oh, great. And I went, how is he? And he just went, he's got cancer. And it was just, just he <laughs> killed the gig. No. And I can hear, and, and I say, I can hear my comedy mates laughing at the back, not because of what had happened to the Butcher, but because they knew I'd like properly put my foot in it, right? And it's like, now I've got to try and get it back. So I'm trying to smooth it over. I'm a yeah, much newer yeah, act yeah. at the time, so I'm clunky and I'm doing it horribly. And I was like, oh, you know. But you know what I mean, right? Like, uh, but how is he? And then the guy just leans forward and he went, he's got cancer. <laughs> and I was like, I am just not making this any better, am I? I'm just oh, going to try and move no. it away. 
Um, but no. yeah, it's 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 the hearing of your mates in comedy, and you'll know this, Terry, at any gig where you've properly put your foot in it. If there's someone blind in the crowd, yeah, yeah what yeah, are you looking yeah. at? And then, oh, I'm actually, I'm blind, and you're like, oh my god. Yes, exactly. No. I'm going to embarrass him, Stella, because we're coming to the end now. I'm going to embarrass him. When we do the Lily Foundation uh, comedy night at the Comedy Store in London, and um, we, 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 my family runs a charity in memory of my niece called the Lily Foundation, um, and uh, Terry's been on several times. He's been brilliant for the foundation over the years. And um, when he, he comes on last, and um, all the other com- the, the comedians, the comics, they don't leave. When Terry's on the when Terry's on the card, they don't leave and they all come out and I sit right in the back, right by that um, that little not corridor, but you know where it is where they come out the green room and then they go to leave the comedy club. So they all come up, stand virtually next to me just to see Terry, <laughs> and they all laugh. They can't stop laughing. I mean, I cry when yeah, I see yeah. Terry. I cry, Stella. I cry with laughter, and. Um, and they were, and so I'm look I'm oh, I'm sorry. humiliating him now I'm embarrassing him. <laughs> no, 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 see him but he's no, no. shiny gone Terry, red New look and embarrassment I think it was at the New Zealand Comedy Gala which is a really big gig it's televised and everything and I just saw Terry come on stage and absolutely destroy and you see people rocking in their chairs slapping their thighs howling laughing and I was like right who is this guy I need to go and talk to mm-hmm. him so yeah that's the Terry Alderton experience and <laughs> oh, nice. and now, and now and there we're friends. And, and in fact, we'll have to talk to Kevin Day and get uh, young Stella oh, sure. on that Lily that your comedy store show. Jonathan. Yeah, smashing. Yeah, yes. Kevin. Oh, Kevin Day books it. We'll you. talk to Kevin and get you on because you'll be great on it. Yeah. Are we? Uh, uh, Paul, uh, Magic Man Paul Daniels is uh, is looking agitated. I think we're coming towards the end of the time. Yes, I can see him as well in his hat. But we can see each other, by the way, everyone, on the screen as we talk. Uh, we, we, don't, Stella, we, don't make, we don't see each other imaginary, you know. No, Most of the time we, we do, you, but... We used to have imaginary people. No one would have such a silly thing going on. <laughs> uh, Stella Graham, wow, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories. <laughs> and thank it's you for really being nice. I'd say I watched, uh, I watched the Beckham documentary it. recently on Netflix. That was a fun trip down memory lane of football that I watched at a time when I was mad into it. Have either of you guys seen it? No, I've got. I'm, it's on the list, though. It's definitely on the list because everyone keeps yeah, saying Yeah, just keeping football themed because obviously we've been talking about football and a lot of my love of football sort of comes from the 90s when I was mad into it. But it's just nice if you spend it like Graham, Throwing if you will. Right uh, that was how. Like that. <laughs> I actually coached football in the States <laughs> in California. I went and did a soccer camp over there talk about the women's game being big over there i mean they they invested in it properly but that was that was a fun time and that that was around the time that film came out and i coached at a camp in hollywood and i would wear my hair in a ponytail and i would tell like i know americans don't always get sarcasm but um i used to say to them oh yeah actually i was in bend it like beckham and really like (laughs) they all believed it so yeah bend it like graham's (laughs) wonderful (laughs) yeah yeah Bend it like Graham. Well, you, you did bend it very well. Don't forget, you can get us on Twitter at JPNT Football, uh, and we'll uh, we'll speak to you next week. I'm sure when we have a guest who we don't know who it is yet. Surprise mystery we... guest. Don't ask me. Oh no, nothing. Not from anyone there. Uh, nothing. Surprise I, I mystery know, guest. I know nothing. You've you've not realised that now. <laughs> I know. I'll uh, I'll, I'll find you. someone. <laughs> Great to see you guys. Thanks, Stella. Thanks, Stella. <laughs> Podcast Network.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.